Hello and welcome along to this special edition of our Superfan subscription content here at the Rugby Pod. It's Jim Hamilton, as you can tell by the voice. Enough about me. It's more about who we've got and who we've had. We've caught up with the likes of Wayne Barnes, Nick Mullins, James Horwell, Nick Evans, Paul Gustard and my good friend Matt Hampson in recent months. There's hours of great content available for the price of just a beer a month. So check it out at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod for now though we thought we'd give you a little taster of what's on offer so sit back relax and enjoy this little selection box get it selection box and christmas get it of some of the best bits starting with andy rose chat with his old mate not my mate joe marler about his time being mistaken for a hobo i get that bit on the lions tour enjoy pod 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 rugby pod Let's lighten it up a little bit, maybe with the the New Zealand tour. Uh, how how was the Lions tour for you? How great were the Kiwis? How much did you hate it? How boring was it? Or like, um, did you have a good time? Or tell me a little bit more about like your experience with the Lions in New Zealand. Yeah, mate. Um, mate. Yeah, mate. New on, Zealand. Mate. Tell me about it. Twenty seventeen. Hell of a trip. Hell of a trip. I don't want to give away too many stories. Just give me one. I need them lined up. You know what I mean. Um. <laughs> no, we'll go with this one. We'd played the Hurricanes on the... Was it a Tuesday night? Come on, you should Yeah, it was, de- it was definitely Tuesday. Tuesday yeah, it was it a Tuesday, Tuesday night? Yeah, it was Tuesday. It was a midweek, mate. Yeah, yeah I remember mid- it was Tuesday. Yeah. That's the, I didn't play no Saturdays. So I was a straight <laughs> I was a straight midweek veg. Mate. Definitely wasn't the weekend game. <laughs> um, and uh, we'd had a few beers together and then a few more back at the, back at the hotel we stand at. And uh, it got to about, oh, I'd say, one o'clock. After bedtime. After bedtime. Mm. It was late. We had a late start the next day, so mm. it was fine. And I'd just, um, I remember being in the team room, team room pretty steaming, having FaceTimed all the Quinns coaches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I'd FaceTimed the guy who was head of recruitment at the time, a mate of mine, to give him some shit. Yeah. And he was actually in a meeting with all the coaches and decided it was a good idea to oh, show them shit. all me pissed. You know, but I, I was like, oh, fucking hell. Ed, you've stitched me up here. Yeah, yeah, Hung up. And then um, I was rooming with Dan Cole at the time. And I said, oh, Coley, I'm going out. He said, what? I'm going out. I've got to go get some chocolate and crisps. He's like, you're so fat, mate. You are so fat. And I went, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm going out. So I'd had no- I'd got normal clothes on. Yeah. You know, like the sweet gears I've got on today. No lines, badge, nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incognito. Yeah, yeah. Civvies. Like you're off to the beach. No, it was going. one o'clock in the morning. Why yeah. would I be going to the beach? Well, I thought o'clock? you said you dressed like Plus that. Plus, there's you're no beach in Wellington, is there? Well, there is. Is there? Yeah, but you don't go to the beach in the winter there. Fuck that. Anyway, I've gone down the road to the local garage, got a couple of bags of crisps and a chocolate bar, and then I'm still pretty pissed. I've then decided to go sit down and eat this. Eat these bits and bobs on the side near the harbour, you know where the boat. You know yeah, harbour, yeah, yeah, what yeah. harbour is. I know what a harbour. Yeah, I know Wellington. I yeah. can't. I can't remember the name of the place, mate. But it was near this harbour. Right. And I sat down on the floor because there was no seats. Funnily enough, on the side of the street, and I mm. sat down on the floor and uh, just munching away, a bit of a mess. <laughs> Dribbling down your t-shirt, crisps, you know, crisps in your beard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm half sort of sobering up. The cold airs hit me. And I'm like, oh, fucking hell, I'm really pissed now. And then I noticed this group of three people, there was two girls and a boy, walking 
towards me, but not directly towards me, from the side. And I'm lying there, and I've, I'm slouched a little bit, and I'm in my normal clothes, just lying on the floor, eating me these crisps. And as they get closer, they start like making eye contact, and I'm like, oh, okay, they won't recognise me. They, mm. no, one in, no one in New Zealand is watching the veg. They don't they, care about rugby. They don't care about the, the midweek veg, mate. They're waiting for the Saturdays. So it's fine. And then as they're starting to walk past, I see one of them reach into their pocket and then just chuck a couple of coins down in front of me. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> I'm sat there looking up at the night sky, eating these crisps, and I've just had coins chucked at me as if I'm a tramp or a hobo. <laughs> and it, it's just da- like the stark reality of this is meant to be the pinnacle of my career. You know, I've been picked for the Lions. I'm on Lions tour. I've just drawn 31 all with Hurricanes in a hell of a game, yeah? Hell of a doozy. Like, hell, of a, hell of a doozy. And now I'm lying on the floor in a harbour, in the middle of fucking nowhere, and some bloke thinks I'm homeless and he's chucked a load of coins at me. Bless him. And I've gone, fuck me, I'm in a dark place, I need to get up and go back to the hotel. So I went back with my crisps and that was a dark, dark, <laughs> that was a dark place to be, mate, being <laughs> confused for a hobo in the middle of Wendleton. Oh, oh so. my God. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. We've had some questions come in and, uh, one of them says, is it true that after the 2007 final, uh, you went out to the pub for a drink in drag to stop getting heckled by Kiwi supporters? Is it, is it something you need to tell us here, Bonzi? A bit stretching the truth a little bit. But when we when we flew back from Cardiff, because this quarterfinal was in Cardiff, we landed in um, back to our hotel room in Paris where we were staying for six, seven weeks. And as we're walking back into the hotel, um, three tour buses of Kiwi travellers checked into the hotel at the same time I was checking back in so I thought they're going to be here for the next two weeks as well so um, I wanted to go to the semi-final because England were playing France you remember over in um, Stade de France and so a couple of my mates were coming over and um, I said look it's just a bit sensitive at the moment so I can't really be seen having a couple of beers Um, they said we'll sort it we'll sort it so they arrived in my um in my hotel room the day of the England-France game, this massive blonde wig, this massive black moustache, and dressed me up slightly like an adult movie star. <laughs> um, so I then spent the day watching the game in um, in Paris, and then we had a, a good night out after that, watching um, you know watching the world go by and people coming up and saying, "Mate, love your costume," um, and then you start talking about rugby and tell them you know you know a little bit about it. And the amount of people who slagged off Wayne Barnes. Really? It was unbelievable. He says, that Barnes, he's a bloody dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, couldn't agree with you more, sir. Cheers. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, there's some some great photos, which, you know, when I retire, um, I'll I'll show you. They'll come out, will they? (laughs) Wayneetta Barnes. (laughs) I thought I looked quite good in the blonde wig, actually. Uh, But, yeah, I don't know who knew that, but I thought I kept that quite secret. So (laughs) it's probably one of my mates uh, texting you. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Um, so you've become really well known for your creative descriptions of players, like when you compared Matthew Tate to a slippery boiled egg. <laughs> uh, are they all off the cuff, or does some are some thought out beforehand? Or? No, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to tell you the truth here. Slippery boiled egg came from uh, I've no idea where the kind of <laughs> fetid imagination of a of a lunatic. Um, but what what does happen sometimes when you're watching matches is you you might you might form an image in your mind of 
of somebody um, that might come out in, in the next commentary. You're not writing down these phrases, but I'm not telling the truth if when I'm watching Ellis Genge, I'm not thinking about the way he runs or you know what, what he does, or, or just to say something a little bit different to Genge, which I could say a dozen times during the match. Adding adding a little bit more illumination to, to what he's trying to do. I just described Sonotti Sonotti as a rolling ball of barbed wire once because he kind of runs with all arms and legs and yeah. sharp nails and sharp studs. And you know that's that's just how I view it. You know, yeah. if, if I'm sitting watching sport, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm not writing these. I'm not writing these things down. In fact, interestingly, when Bill retired, when Bill McLaren retired, and we were we were coming in behind him. I actively didn't use animal analogies simply because this this idiot coming in behind Bill, who who nobody could replace, suddenly starting to talk about uh, as slippery as a baggy up a border burn or, yeah. or, or you know uh, a rampaging giraffe. If I started to use those kinds of phrases, people would quite rightly have said, "You're not Bill McLaren, um, you know, don't be ridiculous." And one of the greatest things, Bill. Um, said to me one of the, the most important things was because um, he could see I was a little bit nervous about being one of those who'd, who'd help fill the gap he said don't fail trying to be me succeed hopefully being you because if you do fail trying to be me you'll always wonder what would have happened if you'd have been you so what you hear on a Saturday afternoon on BT Sport or on ITV during the Six Nations is is me and I hope I hope you would feel like that because you you know me and if if the, if the bloke that you hear on a Saturday afternoon isn't the bloke that you know, then I'm not doing it right. Yeah. And I do sometimes come out with absurd phrases, and I do wish I could sometimes press the rewrite <laughs> button or have that little audio tip X to say, no, that was rubbish, I'm not, I'm not going to use that one. But it's, it's just how it is. And when you're doing so many games a weekend as well, I think you've, you've got the license to have a bit of fun. Yeah. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. You mentioned Chica there. What... What's your relationship with him like? Because you've done, you're, you're past the 60 cap rule. You can play for Australia yep. by being over here. Yeah. What's your relationship with him like? And is there any way you can see yourself playing at the World Cup or with, for the Wallabies in the future? Uh, simple answer to that is probably no. I don't see there's a way. I think it's, I think the the one probably position in Australia that they've got a lot of depth is lock. I think there's a lot of guys, young guys, sort of that sort of mid-level guys that they've got enough locks that they need to sort of embrace. And I don't think they're probably going to want to call on a, you know, 33, 34 year old next year to, to do that. I think they've got enough depth there and there's some good, some good young talent coming through as well. You're watching super rugby. There's a lot of young guys that I think are well. My relationship with Czech is, I think it's good. I mean, we, Anytime I see him, there's no issues. There's no like uh, animosity on my end. You know, he had to make a decision because yeah, he dropped you just before yeah, the 2015 World Cup. Yeah, and that I mean, I'd he, be pissed. he oh look, it's disappointing. You wanted, to, I wanted to be there. That was sort of my. I knew a long time in advance that I was going to move over here to the UK. So I knew probably 12 months in advance that I made that decision that I was going to continue my rugby career outside of Australia. And you know, that would have been a nice sort of final note to finish your time for Australia because at the time I made the decision to move there wasn't that 60 cap rule in place it was just you had to play in Australia to play for Australia and so I'd weighed all that sort of stuff up when making the decision with to sign for Harlequins and I'd sort of signed after yeah basically 12 months before the 2015 World Cup I'm like okay well I get it I've made it aim was to play Super Rugby successful as I can, make the World Cup squad, play in the World Cup and then move over here post-World Cup. I guess with that looking to be like quite a nice finishing point to uh, my career in Australia to then start a new 
chapter, I guess. In and so yeah, didn't wasn't to be, and that's that's the reality of the of professional environment, professional sport. You know, you can't pick everyone and look disappointing, but it it allowed me to get over here and get stuck into Quinns, and yeah, there's no animosity on my end. You had to make a decision, and that was that was that. So yeah, I, you know, you sort of see him when they're over here, and he. Um, yeah, I haven't spoken to him for a, for a while, but we we've never spoken about the possibility of coming back and playing. That that hasn't been part of any conversation we've had. Pod, 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 rugby pod. Now let's look back on uh, the accident. Obviously, it was England on the twenty ones training before the last game of the Six Nations against Scotland. Just tell us what you remember from that day. I mean, it's a day that changed your life forever. But sat here with you now, mate. You are such an inspiration to everyone. But just tell us about the events of that day in, in your own sort of memory. Yeah, the it, it just seems like such a long time ago. Um, it's obviously 13 years um, since my accident. And yeah, it changed my life forever. I think being a rugby player, you're used to getting injured. It's sort of part and parcel of the game. So I hit the scrum, the scrum collapsed, and I just thought they've got a stinger or a sore neck or whatever. I hadn't realised that it was going to change my life forever. And um, it was tough, really tough to... To realise that, you know, I'm not going to play rugby again. And, yeah, realise that I'm not going to walk again. It's, yeah, yeah, really, really tough. But um, I think um, from that rugby background, that grounding, it, it sort of gave me great impetus to move on with my life and, and show people that you can lead a great life in this situation and just because you've been injured um, it doesn't mean you've got an excuse to feel sorry for yourself and you've just got to crack on with life really and make the best of the time you've got yeah mate you're doing amazingly well on this well. planet you know um, Tony Spreadbury was kind of referring the, the live scrummaging session that day um, he had a massive impact on how well you were looked after and you know we all look at player welfare and medics and stuff like that he must be a guy that you look at and just are so thankful for the way he reacted so quickly yeah, I, you know, I, I owe my life to spreaders and, uh, yeah, it was amazing. I'm, I'm so glad he's still involved with the um, referee coaching setup. Uh, I think he's such a unique character like that. Everybody remembers spreaders as a, as a referee and a, and a bloke. And, um, yeah, I, you know, like I said, I owe my life to him. So, um, you know, I can't thank him enough. But I think the, the RFU um, obviously struggled initially with my accident, but... You know, for, through my accident, I feel that the the protocols are there, and it's a lot, lot better. I think the IPF are doing a, a good job and uh, helping lots of people. So I think uh, one one good thing that happened through my accident was to change their protocols and and change the way they help people um, through rugby. Yeah, I mean that's obviously at the time. I know you you've written your book, and that was unbelievable to read but you were quite critical of the RFU in your book in terms of how they uh, handled the situation but as you just said then the impact that that has had moving forward on how they treat people that must be something that you take great pride from to say actually do you know what if someone else is in that situation that I was in the RFU will look after them better I hope so yeah I hope so and, uh, and the, the the people that I speak to who've been newly injured they uh, yeah they say that they are RFU have been great supporters and and they've got the right protocols in place which is massively important pod 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 rugby pod when we've talked about um you being the understudy to Carter for for all those years what what was your relationship like with Dan Carter because you didn't you have to wear a 
t-shirt with saying oh, I love yeah. Dan Carter on your stag do or something like that. I did. I did. I had two stag do's actually. I had one over here and one back there. Yeah, that was. Um, and it wasn't just. It wasn't just him. It was. Um, it was. Uh, Dan Carter, I think it was Luke McAllister on it. I think Stephen Donnan was on it as well. Brilliant. <laughs> um, I was steaming though, so I, I can't remember. That was a horrible picture, but yeah, no, no. And look, our relationship was good. Look, yeah. and, I, and that's kind of what the culture of the Orbits were about. You know, yeah. it was all about getting the results on the field and working together and, and get the best out of it. And the, the thing they do really well is when I was there, they had Sir Brian Lahore was kind of like the mentor. He was just around the group, you know, an absolute legend. He was around, and so he kind of took control of the guys that um you know the guys that were that were in and out a bit you know like we're obviously coming off the bench guys that weren't involved as much and yeah and he was kind of like our mentor in terms of making sure that we were ready when our opportunity came that we were ready we'd done all the preparation and everything that so when we came on the team nothing changed the dynamic of the team didn't change so actually worked worked quite closely with him uh in terms of the mindset of like right are you doing your work are you doing are you doing it as if you were starting because you know you might be needed you might not be needed right. and you just bought into it and that, and that was the culture and and that's why you know I can look back and say whenever I had the opportunity whether it was coming on or actually getting a start um, every now and then that I that I performed because it was uh, that was the kind of the culture and the environment that they were, that they created um, and so yeah you worked together it was um, yeah he's a good bloke um, why didn't you take a drop call in two thousand seven <laughs> I just came I into was my off head. it just came into my head okay that's that's paint the picture right so. So all that week, so Carter had an ankle injury. So I trained yeah. all that week. So I did all the training until I think the captain's run. I think he came in for the captain's run. So I did that whole week of training at, at first five. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm going to th- throw my toys out of the cot here and say I should have started. But, yeah. So I've done out. all the training. Throw them out. You yeah, well, started. I should have started. Yeah. yeah should have started. Go. Played, I don't know, played 30, 40 minutes, whatever, then bring him on or something like that. Um, not saying it would have been different, but that's that, that that's what I would have done if I was coach. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Dan Carter lost us. Oh, yeah, this we go. yeah, this would be like, yeah. It, that's see, the headline there. Going. Brilliant. Um, so anyway, so so then, um, yeah, so I came on and at that time we, I think Rodney scored. Uh, and so we were leading by two, I think it was. And then obviously there was the whole four pass incident, wasn't it? It was a scrum, yeah. middle of the field. Um, so I remember that, yeah, they went down the left. I think it was Michelet went through or something. Yes. So I had to cover from the other side. And as I, as I got to him to make the tackle, I did my hammy. Oh dear! Tore my hammy, so I was off. So you can't harbour the blame on me. Okay, right. I was not on the bench. Take a drop goal. Should we have taken a drop goal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we probably should have. Or <laughs> back then, we probably thought we were going to score a try anyway. So it's just similar that. to uh, the All Blacks yeah. against South Africa well, recently. Somehow, they, somehow France didn't uh, concede a penalty in the second half or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, thanks, who should Wayne. we? <laughs> thanks, Wayne. <laughs> exactly. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. You've got a long career ahead of you, but but what's going to be a legacy for Siakalisi? Like, how do you see that going? I know you'll want the team yeah. to do well, and we'll come on that. But for for you personally, yeah. from where you've come from, where you are now, and, yeah. and, and the direction that you're headed. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, for me, like I know all the stuff on the field. Obviously, I always give my best. But what I want to want to be remembered for is all the help that I give the people in the township. If I can, you know, there's a huge thing about transformation in South Africa. If I can help that. From the grassroots, or from this, from the kids in the township, I actually want at the end of the day where the kids in the township play against the kids in the southern, in the in the suburbs, where I got taken from the township and I got given a scholarship to move. But I want to keep all the kids in the township and have a school that I give bursaries to other township schools, and then they compete against the the kids in the suburbs because I think kids in the township need role models who are there around them. But now we get taken away. 
So now they have to look for new people. So I just want to keep them there and make sure that the kids in the township have the same equipment and same opportunities as the kids in, in town. Are they, are they getting the opportunities now? Like, as tough. I mentioned, we it's, went to the township yeah. and, and they, they, they were, especially the ones in Cape Town, were getting yeah. the opportunity. But from Port Elizabeth, where you're from, yeah. is there it's opportunity not, there? It's not, I mean, you saw, it's not the same. If you're going to, now you went to the township schools, you must try to go to an English school. You'll see that huge difference. You know, they don't even play against each other. The schools in the township play against each other because they can only compete so far. And the toughest part is that I, I used to go to school just to get food. Some of us don't eat three meals a day, so the other kids get six meals a day, you know. So that's another thing that we that worries me because when I was here, I was really small, 55 kgs. When I went to the English school, I could eat three times a day and I ate extra cause I, so I could grow. And, and yeah, that's, those are the tough things that we face, you know. It's more than just the sporting, it's just making sure that we have the right, the right health and the right nutrition. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. For, for all the listeners, what is fun to a rugby team here now? Because obviously the old days, it was about getting on the smash together and all that stuff. And I know players take it way more seriously now than I did a few years back. But is there a place for beers together? Is there something that you look back on in your first sort of six months in charge here at Quinns and go, you know, we had a damn good time that day doing something that perhaps people wouldn't expect? Yeah, look, look we, we organised like a team within teams thing during pre-season, I guess. Um, with that, so we divided them up six different groups. They designed their own t-shirts, own logos. You know, a couple of them were a bit difficult to print, but we found a way. <laughs> um, you know, and, and they did that. They then had to have three things they had to do. So they had to organise a team social. Uh, they had to organise an entertainment and they had to go and do something for charity yeah. or, or for the community. Um, and they got points for training effort. They got points for uh, other things they did for somebody else in a different team. So we want to try and foster, you know, obviously team harmony and unity. Um, so the first one the boys did was like a lip sync battle, which was nice. pretty pretty awesome actually. We yeah. had, we've got a guy called Paul Azika that we signed in the summer, who sings like Stevie Wonder. Like he has got like a velvet smooth voice. Yeah, like the best I've heard in rugby. Better than Kelly Brown. I don't mind telling Kelly that. It is. <laughs> Incredible. Um, so they've done stuff like that. We, we, you know, we sent them away for two days for a bonding trip in the summer. You know, I kind of, I suppose when we were playing, um, unfortunately, Leicester, we used to go to like army barracks. Yeah, we did. Yeah, which went Chepstow, to, wasn't it? Chepstow. And went all to sleep Omar. in the same room. We went to Omar once, oh, yeah. remember? Yeah. When Paddy and Jamie jumped over the, jumped over the fence yes. and got court-martialed in by yeah. Dean. And, but yeah, like th- th- that was then. So now, now I kind of think, look, there's no need to go away somewhere for a week. Train in the facilities elsewhere. There's some bonding that you get from that and all the rest of it. And then you ultimately end up playing a game on a Friday or Saturday and you go out in the smash. So I'd rather we just train here and then send them away for a weekend on the smash yeah. and the bond and the do all the things that boys should be doing. You know, at the end of the day, we've got a group from 18 to, to 33, 34. They're still young men. Yeah. You know, still young men. That young men will do what young men will do, which will be have a beer, have a crack, have a laugh and, um, you know, create some memories together. So, look, we're, we're all for that. We're organising mm-hmm. events for them in around Christmas. They've organised socials themselves and, uh, you know, we're fully behind that. I understand the benefit of boys having a beer, boys sharing stories, uh, talking about the old times, talking about some times together because, you know, we're, we're in this profession for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Eh? You know, they might play for 10 years, 12 years if they're lucky and it goes by fast. It goes by fast. So if they can get three or four years of, of, of real strong rugby and then, you know, in that three, four years whilst they're here, they're thinking about the memories that they created with people that go beyond the rugby pitch. Then I know we've done something pretty well. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. The reason why I ask is um, there's a story about um, a pizza delivery van in, in, in Poland. Um, did you get to Poland anymore? <laughs> no. what, what happened there? I think it was my first week in Wasp. We decided to go to um, 
Poland on a well, cryo chamber trip, you know, train hard, you get your cryo chamber ready for pre-season. So I think it was the last night before we flew home, we allowed a few beers, so we ordered a bit of a kangaroo court. So as we're coming home, there's a pizza place where I thought, right, we're going there, bit of pe- a few pieces of pizza, have a bit of a laugh, have a few beers. There was this delivery, three-wheeler, like a Del Boy car. So I thought it was just stuck in the ground. Well, I didn't realise it was a delivery car, so I've tipped it up. And I didn't realise the guy who was delivering the pizza was in the driver's seat. And this has gone down four or five times on the bank. And he eventually crawls up the car and I'm thinking, oh my God, he, I could have killed him. So we, I think we give him, I don't know what it is, it's Schlotties, I think, out there. We give him about 4,000 Schlotties, which is a currency out there, which is about 300 quid for this van. But I'm thinking, I'm landed by here. I thought it was going to cost me four grand. So the next morning, Tony Hanks has called a meeting and said, right, whoever's um, done that, can you stay behind? So I've stayed behind. He goes, why are you here? I said, it was me, Tony. And he said, guess what, what was going on? I said, well, I don't even know what was going on, but fair dues to him. He was, uh, he was fine with me. I paid uh, 3,000 schlotties, which is 300 quid. It was a bargain, really. So they got a, I think they got a new three-wheeler car there now. So it's, uh, <laughs> it looks a lot better than the one I did. And they've got a fleet now. They would have bought a fleet with what you pay for. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was uh, another wild moment in my career, but uh, good story. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Andy Powell there, rounding off our little highlight reel of the Superfan subscription content most of the stories he did tell were a little bit loose to put out on this promo. So if you want to listen to them, you know what to do. And if you don't, I'm going to tell you now. Go to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Hopefully that's aroused your interest. And thanks so much to everyone who's listened to us and supported us in 2018. Here's to a healthy 2019. And we look forward to bringing you loads more great content as well. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod.